Hello and welcome to Bayhem, the Talk Film Society Michael Bay Retrospective Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Marcelo Pico, and with me is, are my other co-hosts, uh, Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. And also Diego Crespo. Hello, Diego. Hello. I'm so happy to be back from this non-extended period of time, totally normal recording. <laughs> yes, fair, fair listeners, uh, to you it may not seem like much time at all. Maybe a week, maybe a second. Maybe you're binging, uh, you're, I was going to say binge watching. Maybe you're binge listening to this, right? But for us, hey, we, we took like a three-week break, it seems, and uh, now we're back. So, yeah, because the last episode was, what, Pearl Harbor? Right? No, Bad Boys no, 2. Bad I'm Boys sorry. Too. Oh, yeah. how can I forget Bad Boys 2? The yeah, icon. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, go back and listen or listen to or re-listen to that episode. It was amazing. <laughs> I I remember, like, coming out, like, uh, guns blazing, saying, whoever says, Mike, whoever says Bad Boys 2 is bad is wrong, and then backpedaling very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, please, go back and listen to that. Um, but, No. Uh, we're, we're past Bad Boys 2. It's now the year 2005. And now we're going to be discussing The Island, uh, directed by Michael Bay, of course. Uh, released on July 22nd, 2005. Uh, what else can I say about this? It's a DreamWorks uh, Warner Brothers co-production. It was released in the States uh, and also internationally. Uh, according to Michael Bay, it was like the number one movie in like uh like india or something <laughs> he's, okay. he's bragging right. about that on the, bragging about that on the commentary well you know wow <laughs> you know what? no well, I'd, I'd be proud of that too because i don't want to hijack this whole thing but you know it's not the most profitable movie he's made exactly but, you know, yeah you get to make a big movie like this i'd, I'd be proud of it everywhere it opened to be like hey I, I got to do that that's pretty cool Exactly, yeah. And we'll talk about more about its box office a little bit later, I guess, when we get fully into it. But hey, as always, we'll we'll start with uh, our first-time watches. Uh, why don't I go first, guys? All right. All right. All right. Uh, I first watched this two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is my, this was my only Michael Bay blind spot. I've seen everything else. I've seen, uh, you know... Uh, um, like uh, after this, like Transformers and beyond, I think I've seen uh, almost all of these now uh, in theaters, in the future Michael Bay films. But for some reason, I just never ended up seeing this. I don't know why. It's because uh, you were in America, not India, <laughs> <laughs> where no That's one right. else saw it. <laughs> no one else saw this. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody saw this, much to the detriment of uh, Michael Bay, as, as he says in the commentary. But yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, I guess it took a Michael Bay podcast for me to finally see this Michael Bay blind spot. And uh, how I felt about it? Hey, um, I mean, I liked it. That's my overall impression about it, and I'll talk about it more as we continue, but um, I guess I didn't feel ultimately too bad about this being the last Michael Bay movie I saw, so I'll leave it at that for now. Okay, let's go to Mike. Uh, Talk about your first time seeing The Island. Uh, First time I saw The Island, it was as a projectionist. I ran the movie. Uh, we were running it in 35 millimeter film, but w- one of our other uh, theaters uh, down the 
down the ways. It was the only theater in the Chicagoland area which had a 2K digital projector, and they were showing the island in DCP. And I'm like, oh boy, road trip. <laughs> so um, my now wife and I had just started hanging out uh, around that time, and we drove to... Well, we tried to drive to Elk Grove to to see it, uh, but she typed up the wrong map quest thing. We drove to Arlington Heights instead, but it was okay. <laughs> we got there eventually, and we saw this movie digitally, and I was like, oh, my God, this image is so pristine, which is funny because now, like a movie shot on film, I probably would have been like, let's watch it on film. But people forget that back then it was really hard to find a good presentation it was a crapshoot it really was and the thing about digital was it was always perfect so you know what that's what we did we we drove to see things digitally when you could show them on film yourself but that it was a strange world strange times strange times. oh wow just yeah, like the island it was strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah 2005 strange days yeah indeed. you never you never knew what was going to happen in 2005 no 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 um what about you diego your first time with the island i remember watching it i man when did, it must have been like at my dad's house or something like that and i just remember because I, I hadn't seen a lot of the more uh, popular science fiction that this movie does kind of riff on, I guess I'll, I'll say politely. Uh, so I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, what? The the island, uh, spoiler alert, is, is not real? <laughs> what? Wait, and, um, Diego, how old were you? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like the year it came out, like when it first came out on, on DVD. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. Young. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It, you know what's weird though? It didn't really leave an impression on me after I started watching more movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I just kind of forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I I guess we'll we'll just go go ahead and, and dive into it because um I mean I liked it. Okay guys, I liked this movie. All right. It looks beautiful. It does. Maro Fiore. Yeah, and it yeah, it's it's it has those golden Michael Bay colors. There's some good action. You know, I love the two leads, Ewan McGregor, Scarlett Johansson. They, I mean, Michael Bay can shoot him up. You can shoot pretty people, you know, pretty damn well. And, um, you know, other than that, <laughs> the actual plot of the thing, I don't know, left me like, I've seen this done better before in other movies. Uh, we were talking off mic about uh, how... It made me think of THX 1138 and how this is just an, an, a retelling of that story and also like any other classic sci-fi movie like Logan's Run. Um, but yeah, it's it doesn't do really anything uh, original or enough. It doesn't excite me enough, you know, to, to, to have me thinking about it constantly. Which I, you know, hey, I think about Bad Boys Two all the time. <laughs> I do, but uh, but no, this 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 did not leave a mark on me. I'll say that. Um, I, how did you guys feel about revisiting it uh, now? And hey, it's set in 2019. Yeah. So now, yeah, I think like right around the corner, like July 12, yeah. 2019, or something like that. Yeah, we're yeah we're it's we're coming up on the. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean. 
Are we sure that clones aren't being made underneath our feet right now? Is that, uh, I'm not sure at all. Let's see. No. I don't know. You know what? In this reality, anything seems possible now. I'm just like... <laughs> You're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, like sure, of course that's happening. You know, we're 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 fucking debating about concentration camps on Twitter. So oh, yes, God. any any terrible thing is possible. To, to, um, to be fair, now I'm sorry, I don't want to get in the whole thing, but I will say to be fair, people that are saying like, oh, those are not concentration camps, fight me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how do we feel about it now? Because you guys have some distance uh, between when you first saw it and now. Uh, seeing it again for me i mean that's how i felt i mean i uh, how about you like seeing it now in actual 2019 like mike how did you feel about it now um i liked it a lot you know i liked it back in in 2005 you know i was still way way into michael bay you know just coming off of bad boys 2 and everything and you know you were so used to like the michael bay movie being like the big super duper blockbuster whatever where you know good or bad it was you know going to be one of the biggest movies of the year and when this came out and died and it died i mean it was not even like oh my god you know it's like i i was expecting this to be massive right and nobody went to see it at all and it shocked me, especially since like watching the movie, I'm like, this is not very different from anything else that he's done. And, and in a lot of ways it's better. I'm going to say this. I would not make this argument, but you could make the argument that this is his best movie. Oh, well, I don't, I don't don't know about that. (laughs) Who would make that argument? I mean, someone who, uh, you know, was impressed by, I guess, some of the ideas that are um, presented here, like someone who, I don't know, maybe wants a little bit of substance out of their movie. I mean, now, granted, uh, he Michael Bays it up a lot right <laughs> yeah he, he yeah really yeah, he michael does. bays it up and granted there is a lot of dumb stuff in here i mean like the thing that my my friend and co-host max always brings up is that you know down in this underground cave with these clones who are not allowed to go outside ever for their entire lives there is an extraordinary amount of product placement in particular (laughs) the giant xbox signs on the wall behind them (laughs) like when when are they going to have a chance to buy xbox I, i don't know when that could happen but take that stuff out and there is something going on here and you know i mean we've talked a lot about gear shift movies and everything i think that this is a really good gear shift movie in that it does start off like thx 1138 which you know everybody um pointed out you know back in 2005 rightfully so like even down to the costumes and everything and then it becomes your michael bay action extravaganza i loved that and um yeah i don't know it, it 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 offers a lot of questions. Sure, not original questions, not anything that hasn't been asked before, but it's at least asking them. I can I can see that argument, Mike. I just in my core, I f- I for one can't can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> I can't. I mean, just and and I'll go to Diego in a bit, but like. To me, yes, there are Michael Bay moments, right? But to me, like this feels like him playing too safe. 
it never jumps into full-on Michael Bayness until the, the action hits. And that's what, like, an hour and 40 minutes into, into the movie? I forget. No, it's, like, it's like 40 minutes into the movie. For, is it 40 minutes into the movie? Yeah. Or uh, I'm thinking no, about I, that the, 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 the huge uh, car chase. The, well, they jump on the, on the speed okay. bikes. That, that oh, might yeah, be a little yeah. bit further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but I, I remember that being, like, the big, like, the... the you know, the set piece of the movie for me, like the moment when I'm like, Oh, this is fully Michael Bay. For me, there's not enough of that in there. And the weird moments that I see in like a lot of Michael Bay movies, even those weird moments that are supposed to be like funny moments with his sick sense of humor, rarely does that happen in here. So yeah, I don't know. And to me, I guess to boil it down, it's just plays too safe. So but yeah. maybe that's what it is. I mean, maybe it's the fact that, you know, there are some sort of reins on him where they're like, you cannot go bad boys too with this in the sense yeah. of like the inappropriate stuff. Right. So, so you strip that out, you've still got, you know, the crazy action and everything that makes a Michael Bay movie, a Michael Bay movie, but he's got to tell a story within that style which is, I don't know, maybe has a bit more substance than than some of his other things. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just a fusion of those two, you know, things like, you know, Bay, Bay Restrained, you know, Bay Restrained. Is, maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, if, if somebody, if that was somebody's cup of tea that they wanted a restrained Michael Bay, then this is their movie. This is it. <laughs> um, I, I just want to see... Uh, Bad Boys Two level, like Unchained Bay. That's that's mm-hmm. my gear, and I think we'll not to jump ahead to the next episode because next episode is what Transformers, right? Oh yeah. It's like from what I remember, that's him going back to kind of an Unchained, uh, uh I guess demeanor. So at, at least that's from what I remember. But we'll talk about that later. Okay, Diego. Okay, coming back to the island, uh, years later. Um, how'd you feel about it? Well, there is no island. Um, no, <laughs> okay. no, uh, the, this movie is genuinely good and then it becomes a Michael Bay movie and I don't hate that. I, I don't hate any of this. I actually think this is one of Michael Bay's better movies in the sense that it, someone could watch this who's not a fan of Michael Bay and I think actually get something out of it for the most part. Um, because, like, generally speaking, I'll be like, yeah, Transformers the last night in 5K, blow my, my speakers off. <laughs> uh, and I, I'll never recommend that to another living soul or whatever, right? Uh, but that's for me. Uh, this one this one does feel like like it, it could it could hit for, for people that are not crazy about his work. Uh, I really like the look of this film. Like, yeah, it's 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 just the Michael Bay look, but it's the action feels a little cleaner here. Um, I'm I'm more with Mike on this one. I could totally oh, see boy. someone coming out like, "Hey, this is the greatest Michael Bay movie ever," and I would be like, "I disagree," but go on because this is not a take I hear very often, and I'm actually shocked that I don't hear it <laughs> very often. Uh, it, it, it's it's really well made, and the writing is both I would argue the biggest strength and weakness. <laughs> also. Oh, uh, sh- should we bring up who uh, co-wrote this? Um, yes. What, what, what oh, pair yeah. <laughs> co-wrote this? Because um, yes. I, I, I know both Diego and Mike, you have, 
I think maybe differing opinions on these guys. I'm not sure. Let's go to Mike first. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kurtzman and is it Orsi? Is that how you pronounce yes, it? Yes, Roberto Orsi. Yes. Okay. Uh, you go first, Mike, about these these two. All right. Look, Kurtzman and Orsi as a team have become sort of a Michael Bay style punching bag for film people, you know, and because of Transformers and because of Transformers 2 and all the rest of it. But, you know, let's just take a step back or let me take a step back and say, you know, in addition to the island, in addition to Transformers, which I do enjoy, they wrote Star Trek 09. They wrote Star Trek Into Darkness, which I happen to like quite a bit. They wrote fringe co-created fringe they were writers on alias um what, what was the uh the the bruce campbell show um oh you know what i'm talking about with the the guy where he's like in, in like revolutionary war times what the <sighs> fuck <laughs> you know what I'm know. saying, right? Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, we'll figure that out. They worked on that show, too. <laughs> and, and now, you know, okay, yeah, Roberto Orsi has kind of gone into, you know, wherever. But Alex Kurtzman is the guy responsible for all of Star Trek right now. And you look at what he's doing, and it's amazing. So you know what? These guys are great. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, they also worked on Hercules, yes. the legend, yeah, the legendary journeys, yes, and Xena. Oh, wow. oh, oh, and oh, by the way, Mission Impossible Three. That's right, masterpiece. Jack of all trades is the name of the show. Have you guys seen uh, Jack of all trades? I have, I have not. not seen. Oh it, no. my god! See, if Jack of all trades was around right now, that would be the internet's favorite show but it starred bruce campbell produced by sam raimi and he played this guy who was a spy in like revolutionary war times and it was the most insane thing you've ever seen in your life because it was part of like the action power hour of that and cleopatra 2525 and these are both produced by sam raimi and everything like that anyway let's move on (laughs) (laughs) okay diego uh kurtzman and orsi i seem to remember you have some words on them maybe uh i don't hate them okay okay they are also responsible for the worst like one of the bottom five worst superhero movies ever come on (laughs) that's you know what i'm not even gonna blame that entirely on them that's a whole like tornado of garbage that that ruins that movie um the Amazing Spider-Man Two, by the way, right? Yeah, it's okay. it's just so bad. Uh, I'm I'm a genuinely decent defender of Into Darkness. Uh, the first half, it's like this: the first half of that is like a genuinely good movie, and then after that, your mileage may vary. Um, Star Trek 09, I'm I'm right there with you, Mike. That's that's a fantastic film, and I think maybe their best writing work. In that, I I don't really have a lot of issues with it. Also, Mission Impossible Three. <laughs> absolutely awesome um yeah owns uh i I think their their weaknesses do come from not really expanding beyond stuff that kind of feels like first drafts all the ideas and and like their set pieces are always really solid um 
I think the problem is when maybe sometimes they don't focus on things that would benefit the story and just kind of fill out like a running time. Um, Cause there's kind of no reason why the Island shouldn't be a 90 minute movie in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it could, it could work at two hours, but it, it, it kind of doesn't need all that time. Sorry, how much of that? How much of that is also Michael Bay? Like I remember hearing a thing. It might have been on his commentary or something where he was talking about when they were writing Transformers. He was like, "Don't even bother writing any of the action beats because I'm just going to come up with all that stuff on my own. Just write. They fight, and yeah. then that that's it. You, you know, <laughs> you know yeah, that uh, that that makes sense. Um, Michael Bay, yeah, did say that on the island commentary that he writes up and makes up the action scenes himself. So, uh, yeah, oh, and I, I have to also give them credit before I move on from them that I only recently watched the first four seasons of Alias like a year or two ago. Generally a fantastic show and really proved to me that they can be very good writers as well. So yeah, thumb, thumbs up with like a kind of flirtatiously thumbs down <laughs> with, with them. Uh, my mileage, it, it kind of depends on my mood with them, I guess. But uh, they, they, they're not someone i look forward to i kind of just hope for the best i guess yeah has has orsi just disappeared because i seem to remember him being the troublesome one of the pair i think so (laughs) yeah he's disappeared um yeah he had a few i don't know um he had a few opinions which weren't exactly the most popular in the world and yeah i don't know exactly what happened but basically there was a whole thing where he was writing along with the creators of the new Lord of the Rings show, a Star Trek movie, which he was going to direct. And at the last minute they pulled the plug and started from scratch with Justin Lin. And that's how he got Star Trek beyond. And basically he hasn't been heard of since he, he's talked about writing a few smaller things here and there, but he really hasn't done anything since Whereas Kurtzman has become, you know, Mr. Star Trek, which I just keep on thinking about that. And that to me is like one of the, I don't know, it's so awkward. Like Orsi was the huge Star Trek fan, right? And then they're a team. They do all this stuff together and then they split and the studio goes to the non-Star Trek fan and says, hey, do you want to run the franchise? Like, can you imagine Roberto Orsi just sitting there like, seriously, dudes? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, is that not, you know... You, I don't. Um, I don't blame the studio though, oh, because oh, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, as 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 Orsi, I'd be like, really? Come yeah, on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But also, also as Orsi, I know when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. well, it's you know whatever it is. It is what it is. Um, yeah. It, there was an it, it was a really interesting article which I believe was written by Matt Singer, I think, um, about like the arc of their partnership and how like if you track the movies there's like a meta narrative going on for uh their career and ending with like amazing spider-man 2 and how that movie is sort of about like a breakup in a i don't know i forget exactly how it was but it was really well thought out and um i recommend 
seeking it out. I don't remember what website it was on. I think the website actually collapsed, and I'm not 100% positive <laughs> who wrote it, but you should find it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like the, the Dissolve or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway. might look into that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I just want to bring that up because, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of more on the negative side, even though, yes, they've done plenty of great work. Maybe it was just Orsi that really rubbed me the wrong way, you know? And <laughs> and uh, Kurtzman seems like a good enough guy, and I haven't seen any of the new uh, Star Trek um, oh, stuff that out. he's written. But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely will, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I'm not a huge fan of Into Darkness, and I do, for me, anyway, I blame the a lot of, like, the, the politics stuff in there. I blame that on Orsi, just just from knowing what kind of guy he is. And it was funny watching, yeah, and, and it was funny watching this and having some of it in there. So, like, <laughs> these, like, conspiracy theory things and, like, how just, like, what, it's, like, a secret, like, uh american-funded cloning program underground <laughs> you know like like stuff like that but i'm, I'm but i'm not 100 percent sure that orsi you know uh, um contributed that much to that plot line anyway but it just that's kind of what signaled me <laughs> so, oh orsi wrote this and oh that's the plot of this movie kind of like a conspiracy theory conspiracy theory thing anyway so i guess uh that, my my ultimate thing isn't that the ideas even orsi plays with and his screenplays are like inherently wrong. It's how they're kind of followed through. And like, like when the second half of the Island turns into the big Michael Bay chase set pieces, basically for the the remainder of its time, I don't think that's inherently a problem. I think it kind of becomes a problem when the narrative isn't flowing as neatly as his action. Like, I feel like there's like a, there's a scene for, for exposition and comedy break. There's a scene for the action. Then there's a scene for plot stuff. Then there's a scene for comedy. Then there's yeah. a beat See, for this. You know? I want to I wanna talk about that because like listening to – I if anybody listening to this uh, wants to get into the mind of Michael Bay because I've tried to do some research. But I think the best research to do if anybody wants to get inside the brain of Michael Bay, listen to his commentaries because man <laughs> – as 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 we've talked about before, he is obsessed with budget and money. He opens up the commentary to the island saying, "Well, the studio didn't like this uh, opening scene because it was too expensive, but we did it anyway." Um, <laughs> that's how he starts. <sighs> but yeah, um, going on, we were saying Diego. He, according to him, he likes to play with tone. Um, I forget. I think it, it. I think it's the scene where the very brutal scene where the pregnant woman gives birth and is killed. Right in the commentary, he goes, "Yeah, this is a very serious scene, but what I'm going to do next is have a comedic beat right after." <laughs> you know, because I, I like having a serious beat and a comedic beat. You know, go back and forth. You know, <laughs> so I'm like. Michael, come on! <laughs> so it, it that that's sort of crazy. I do expect from him, but for some reason, like here, man, he it really does not work. Because <laughs> yeah, that's that's some serious stuff he's he's playing with. You know, the, all this again. The plot of the movie is this underground facility uh, uh, makes clones. Uh, in order to you know give these organs, oh, they kill off the clones. They give these organs to the people who pay for the clones, right? So uh, Ewan McGregor's character, there's a, another Ewan McGregor 
who you know, has like what hepatitis <laughs> and needs like a liver. So he's growing this clone, uh, Ewan McGregor, so he can kill him off and take his liver. Um, like that, it's, it, it, you know, under another director who really understands the tone of this, I think it could have worked a lot better. You know, I, I do like the, the first half of the movie well enough, but I don't know. Yeah, it's. It's it's all over the place, guys. For me, it is. It is. It is. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to add to that in terms of like the tone of this. <laughs> I didn't really have a problem with the tone so much. I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't have a problem. With it. <laughs> it, it, no it, problem. It didn't bother me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Diego, no, not, not too bad. It, it's if again, if you're on board with Michael Bay, I think you'll be like Mike and I'm and, and really be more on board with what what we feel about this movie. Um, sorry, Marcelo. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, just uh, me. It feels like I'm once again on the sidelines still <laughs> of, of the conversation. It, 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 here was my experience watching the movie this time. Like the stuff at the beginning was like, wow, this is really sort of like something which feels beyond what you would normally find in a Michael Bay movie, but like seen through his eyes. And that's a very weird thing to see, right? Because it is like THX 1138. But if THX 1138 were directed by Michael Bay, right? And then you get into the action stuff and it's like, well, this is full Bay, you know, Bay to the max, whatever. But then there was one scene at the end where Jaiman Hansu was talking to Sean Bean and they're just having a conversation and they're like talking about like just stuff. And there was a moment in that scene where I kind of like, you know, snapped out of it and said, wait a minute, I'm watching a Michael Bay movie like that. I, I almost like that's almost like supposed to be a compliment because it's like for a minute there, I forgot all of the Bayhem and was just watching two people talking about something which was rather interesting. Does that make sense? And that, you know, that I, I understand. completely, completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, and here's, okay, here's my biggest gripe about the movie. Okay. And I, I am kind of on the same page with what Mike said, uh, but not to the point where I fully enjoyed you know, that first half where it is THX, you know, 1138. Again, I'll emphasize that I don't think Bay was the right director to, to tell, retell that story, right? Okay, fine. Yeah, that is okay. Whatever. Could have been better. And then, yes, it does. Once they break out and they're in the real world, it just it felt very much more Michael Bay to me. And I enjoy that middle half. I mean, that middle part, right? And then here's where it dragged. And then also, I'll, I'll say this. I enjoyed the bit where there are two Ewan McGregors. Like, all that clone stuff. That worked for me, too. The chase thing, good. But then, and here's what Dago was saying earlier. It just becomes another movie. It sort of reminded me of Pearl Harbor. It's like, it should have stopped 30 minutes, you know, uh, you know, sooner. Because that whole business about them breaking out the, the clones underground, like, that just felt like, oh, it could have been cut down or just... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. By that point, it lost me. I'm like, why? Why is this movie still going? <laughs> it would have been uh, if, if it was more self-contained to just like those two leads or something. They, uh, if they just erase this entire subplot of like 
breaking them out. If they just shortened it up, it would have been a lot better for me. That's my biggest gripe with this whole thing. It could have been a lot shorter for me. As the as the primo Curtsy uh, Nortzman attacker on this podcast, I will say I think the film structurally is everything it needs to be. I'll fight you. I'll have to fight you on that, oh, Marcelo. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I think it absolutely needs to wrap all that stuff up, given the... It's going to sound so weird. No one's ever said this about anybody's work in this film. The thematic weight <laughs> of, of these ideas. Uh, the, I think, yeah. they're, they're, too, they're too big and lofty to, to leave untouched. And even weirder, there is an attempt at like some heart in the narrative and the characters uh, and the, like their self-actualization almost. It, I don't think Bay can really jive with those ideas and I'm willing to bet Kurtzman and Orsi intended for the, the screenplay to kind of like allow that stuff to flourish more. I, 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 I think this could have been like a really great movie. And I still don't think it's even a bad one. I just think all the pieces were there and it gets very close to, to being something really special. And as it stands, I, I do have a big soft spot for this one. I, uh, I, I am a, I'm a fan myself. All right. Again, I'm once again alone on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yep. Maybe I just need like a decade to sit on it and rewatch it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I watched it, um, sort of expecting. I lowered expectations, and it just was a bit higher than that ended up being for me. So, I, I still liked it, guys. I still do. But yes, I think it has its problems. It's not my preferred Bay by any means. Somewhere towards the bottom, because I think almost every other Michael Bay movie, even the bad ones to me, have something of worth for me that I can, uh, you know, extract something out of it. This, not so much. So that's, I guess that's, that's where we are with this conversation, guys. So um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you both loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it happens. Yeah. So hey, before you know, b- before we start wrapping up, I did listen to the commentary. I wrote down some notes. I, I thought I thought this would be interesting just to go down some of um, Michael Bay's thoughts. Okay, so uh, he had the idea to make Ewan McGregor's, um, I guess, what he, the the original Ewan McGregor in this, the one who's not a clone, right? He's a yacht maker. <laughs> uh, he makes yachts. So Bay got the idea because he kept getting sent yacht brochures <laughs> um which is like a, a humble brag if i ever heard one <laughs> <laughs> so he's like yacht brochures oh yachts i'll make this guy a yacht maker so that's that's how that happened um he left the crew alone the cinematographer um alone with the crew to light uh, a club scene um I, I think it's early on in the movie uh, and then Michael Bay comes in that morning and goes, what is this? Like, this does not look like a club at all. He, he goes to the cinematographer. He goes, have you ever been to a club? <laughs> and, 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 and had he or not? He had not been to a club. Okay. I, I just want to point out there, uh, Mario Fiore, a Columbia College Chicago grad, represent. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Represent. Also yeah. uh, Oscar winner and stuff, too. There you go. Yes. But... Uh, but yes, uh, Mr. Flo- F- Fiore, 
he was a family man, according to Michael Bay, who had never been to a club. And so Michael Bay uh, relit the whole stage to make it more club-like. So, yeah. That's cool. I thought that was funny. Michael Bay's been to many clubs. <laughs> I mean, that, that, <laughs> that's that tracks. That's surprising. <laughs> Uh, he put in the, the dude stuff, um, because Michael Bay loves the word dude. There's an extended little scene with two characters saying dude over and over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike, Michael Bay loves the word dude. Uh, oh, okay. Can I throw in two, not to interrupt you, but can I throw in no, two? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the, the, the one guy is Ethan Phillips who plays Neelix on Star Trek Voyager. So that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and I remember this from back in the day, but that those Gap or Gucci or whatever they were ads that that you see Scarlett Johansson in, like when she yeah. sees herself, like those were real commercials and ads which were like actually in the world at that point in time. They weren't created oh. for the movie. They were just already existing. Anyway. Oh, Continue. that's cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, in his defense of products in the movie, which we mentioned. Oh, oh, I want to hear earlier. this. Um, <laughs> he, he got he got a lot of backlash, of course, for saying for for putting all these ads in the movie. And Michael Bay's defense is like, "What's well, 2019? Uh, that uh, uh, when the movie is set. So of course, in the future, there'll be nothing but ads. So I don't understand why people are coming on to me saying, you know, why put so many ads? Like that's the future guys. Like that's what it's going to be. Not, nothing but ads. Not in your secret underground <laughs> layer. <laughs> but that's his defense. Like in 2019, they'll be everywhere. Okay. All right. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so that's his defense. Um, and yeah, he breaks two to three megaphones uh, on each movie. He likes to throw them on the ground. Oh, and here's a here's a nice story. <laughs> this is um, like that shifting tone thing, right? That you were talking about, where it's like something really dark and then something like upbeat. Exactly. Okay. Now, right, now here comes the dark thing. Oh, like, I thought really this was going to be the upbeat thing. Oh no, 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 no. The the the, the megaphone <laughs> thing is is super light compared to what oh, I'm going to say next. Okay. Cool. So my, Michael Bay's like in defense of this uh, plot. Yeah, clones being made to harvest organs. Well, what about this? Uh, in China, each year there are ten thousand people who go uh, who who are um, victims of capital punishment, right? And he's like, that's not a mistake, um, because uh, the 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 black market organ harvests uh, are on the rise too. So what he's saying, in so many words, is there con- is a conspiracy theory, and there's a conspiracy in China where they're executing all these people just to harvest their organs. That's one, and two. A prince from an unnamed country, he says, that he met, um, has a no. He he heard story. He either heard stories or he met the guy. <laughs> this prince has a seven forty seven with a surgery room, and he also <laughs> has hired a twenty something year old man um, who has the same blood type as him. Uh, so whenever he needs an organ or he needs a heart you know replaced he has that man so and he's he signed his uh, life away so now whenever this prince needs an organ he'll just basically murder this guy <laughs> and take his organs and 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 michael bay goes that it's a real story guys like that's and that prince out there actually has a 747 for the surgery room 
and a, a man who he has hired to harvest his organs. So there you go. That's that's what you get from Michael Bay commentary. Okay. <laughs> huh. Um. How about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> hey, have you guys ever seen? Speaking of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, there's this this really cool John McNaughton movie called The Harvest with uh, uh, I have Emily, not Emily seen the Mortimer and uh, Michael Shannon and check it out. It's good. Nope. Anyway, not John McNaughton, right, anyway. he's a, he's good. Another another Columbia College Chicago grad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, All right, Diego. Any last words? <laughs> uh, the cast is really great in this. Jamon Hansel. Oh, yeah. should, should have been a major. Action movie star. He's always great when he shows up. He keeps playing supporting roles because the Hollywood system sucks and never gave him another opportunity to be an Academy Award nominated actor like he was in Blood Diamond, a movie that might not be great, but he is very good in. And we did him dirty. And also Michael Clark Duncan, who I miss dearly seeing on the screen, big and small, um, delightful minor role in this uh i i miss him dearly he was fantastic oh yeah i i love the story that bay says that um he asked michael clark duncan to be in the movie this movie as a favor because um apparently michael bay found him in a gym uh and cast him in armageddon like that's that was duncan's first role and then like well a year or two later michael clark duncan got nominated for an oscar for the green mile and Bay's like, hey, I helped you get that Oscar, you know, because I, I found you in a gym. So why not be in the island, uh, Mike, you know, Mike Clark Duncan. So, yeah, that's how Michael Clark Duncan ended up in the island. That's fair. He's also, yeah. uh, uh, well, he he was a White Sox fan. And, and this movie came out the year that the White Sox won the World Series. And in their, uh, you know, World Championship uh, video, uh, Michael Clark Duncan did the, the narration. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's amazing. And also, Mike, are you going to just insert every Chicago reference you can? I mean, you know, there's a lot of Chicago connections to the island. I don't know. What do you want me to do? Oh. I didn't make the movie. <laughs> uh, any last words, Mike? Um, Chicago related or not on the island? Um, you know, this movie, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, it definitely has its flaws. I think that... There's a lot of stuff in here which is which is funny and doesn't work, but I think on the whole, it's very solid. Uh, I was actually surprised how much I liked it watching it now. I mean, I really, really liked it back in the day, but I thought this would be one of those movies like Pearl Harbor, which would not hold up, and it exceeded my expectations greatly. All right. Awesome. I mean, and I'll say, I mean, I'll just reiterate didn't work for me as well as you guys you know watching it for the first time but you know hey i'll give it another shot down the road see how i feel about it because yeah there's i i enjoyed it well enough but i have to admit a lot of it for me overall did not work especially that ending but hey you know i love looking at pretty people and this has plenty of pretty people to look at i love scarlett johansson in this and ewan mcgregor two ewan mcgregors even um, so yeah, that's the island. Um, I actually can't wait until the next episode. Oh, did I say the how much money this made? I wrote it down. So it was a budget of one hundred twenty-six million. Domestically, it made thirty-five million. Jesus. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's what, what really, really, really not good. Marketing? No. 
Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Bay, Bay did say, and, and he recorded the commentary, I think, a few weeks after it came out uh, theatrically. But yeah, he was going through like, yeah, you know, it made this much money, and this is maybe what happened. He was kind of blaming the marketing, but he also blamed himself because he chose, you know, how to market it to. Because like when the movie, I, I actually looked up the trailers, and there are two types of trailers for this. It's like one that they pushed hard was the Michael Bay trailer, where it's like nothing. You know, it's like it's a Michael Bay movie. They're selling it like nonstop action. Um, you know, you you know the, the the quintessential you know Bayhem and all and all that. But then there's another trailer where it was marketed like Minority Report, where it's like a sci-fi thriller. So maybe they, they maybe they just didn't know how to market it. You know, this is this is a weird movie to market. It it's it's it has an action, sure, but. It's a little. It's more than that, you know. Yeah, there's some sci-fi themes. There's some heavy sci-fi themes throughout, and yeah, to put people in the seats for that it was tough. I bet. Well, it yeah. is. It was tough. Yeah. That's so. That, that, that's too bad. I guess the. I, I would like to see him do another. It's gonna sound weird. Smaller movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least one that's like kind of hops genres. That, that'd be kind of fun. I like when big movies do that. But 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 he has. I mean, we'll we'll see that a little further down the road. I think, right? With like yeah. pain and gain. Yeah, that's smaller. But like, I guess David, you saying like a sci-fi movie, kind yeah, of small like, scale, like sci-fi horror. Like yeah. uh, the last Jurassic Park really grew on me over the last year because it's three <laughs> different movies in one. I don't know how well those are executed, but it's three different movies in one movie, and I can't not appreciate that. And I, I kind of want to see him do something like that. I mean, maybe that's what uh, Six Underground will be. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Which, Just turns into like a horror movie for the middle of it or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And hey, folks, as of this recording, still no Six Underground trailer. Mm. Still no word of when it'll be released. So, mm. yeah, I'm oh, getting boy. nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, I am too. I don't know if it's going to be a 2020 release now because, uh, or Christmas release, or that'll be weird. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're still holding out for that. And the next episode, for us anyway, in real time, is uh, Transformers, where he reteams with uh, DreamWorks. Right? It's a DreamWorks movie, right? Transformers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, pa- Paramount. Yeah. DreamWorks. Paramount, DreamWorks. Yeah. So it had some to DreamWorks do with it, too. Yeah. And, and yeah. Kurtzman and Orsi. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we talked. Steve, Steve Dablonski did the, did the score for the island. And. It's really good, and then he kept working with him on Transformers, and those are also really good scores. Yes, yes, I lo- yeah, I do love the score of this actually. Yeah, Jablonski did an amazing job. Um, uh, and I think we talk about this off mic. Like Spielberg, I don't think he was an official producer, but I mean, this was a DreamWorks picture, and um, apparently gave Bay some notes on this. And I mean, it seems like they had a good working relationship because hey, they went to work together again on uh, Transformers. So. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in the next episode, guys. I'm excited. I, I, I want to rewatch Transformers. It's been a while. Uh, but before we go, plugs, as always. Diego, where can the people listening find you online? You can find me at twitter.com at the Diego Crespo. Uh, I've been plugging my Batman podcast that is now finished, and I'm quite proud of it. Uh, so check out. Uh, the the regular hangout episodes I do and uh, Spider Man, which will also probably be finished by the time this comes out because of the lack of a Michael Bay trailer, but that's okay because <laughs> that one's going swell too. There you go, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what about you? 
Uh, you can find me on uh, thenerdparty.com doing a show called Retro Perspective, and you can find me on my website doing a show called Film Damage, filmdamagepod.com. And uh, maybe by the time this is out, you can find me over on Trek.fm talking about uh, Alex Kurtzman's new Star Trek Picard show. So, yeah. Ooh. And you can find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. Awesome. As for me, talkfilmsociety.com uh, or the Patreon, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Read it up. Listen to it. Love it. Uh, that's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, as of this recording, I've, you know, some series in the works. And by the time this comes out, you know, hopefully you'll listen to a Lord of the Rings series. Maybe I'll start on a Star Wars series. We'll see. Uh, I'm not confirming that yet. Uh, future me will know. All right, folks. Uh, let's just end the show. We've talked enough about the island. Uh, <laughs> but we this may have been started. <laughs> that was just the first half. <laughs> the oh, next boy. one's more fast paced, just like the movie. <laughs> All right. So now let's end with our signature catchphrase, guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all remembered it by now, but we're gonna say it on my mark. Here we go. Three, two, one. You forgot, you forgot your, boarding your boarding pass. pass. You forgot your boarding pass. <laughs> <laughs>